The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, welcome to the uh, Thursday edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. It's a Thursday edition without Jaylen Nye, but uh, we've got great bench strength here at uh, the 6.30 Ched Mighty, uh, Mighty Tower. We've brought in, as we do every Thursday, Gord Steinke has joined me in studio. Hey, Gord. Hey, good afternoon. Nice uh, to be here. Yeah, too bad about Jaylen, but uh, I think you and I can hold down the fort. Uh, for at least a half hour. I mean, oh, I unless, so. uh, what's the rest of your afternoon look like? Well, it's, it's just putting together a little little newscast over there, five right. and six, and but should well, be good. I, I got a half an hour. Okay, well, I'll take the full half hour from you then, because I always like to have somebody to talk to. Well, uh, yeah, what a week it's been news-wise. It's well, been exactly. Crazy. Exactly. So we've got a packed show this afternoon. Uh, We'll talk with you about whatever we talk about. Uh, Then coming up after 2.30, we're going to talk to Mayor Don Scott from Wood Buffalo. Uh, of course, it's the two-year anniversary of uh, right. Fort McMurray fires. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Two, two years, years has already? gone by really quickly. It and sure you know, has. And back in when we were covering this, uh, Global and Ched, I know we had several conversations about this story, as big as it is, is going to fall out of the news cycle, and we right. have to make sure that that doesn't happen. So yeah, we didn't really have to worry about that too much. No. It's really been ongoing right around the world, people still talking about it, the amazing fundraising exactly. efforts. And the town is still... I'm sure rebuilding. Still rebuilding and not as close to being rebuilt as you would hope. So right. that's why we're going to talk to the mayor and get an update I'll look on forward that. To that. Yeah, good update. Well, this one here, Andrew Knack, uh, counselor for Ward 1. And I, I wouldn't describe, uh, I don't know how to describe a friend. Like, I can't really say Andrew and I are friends. Mm-hmm. We know each other. Yeah. I quite like Andrew Knack. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and I hope that's still the case uh, after 3 30. I'll have him on. Uh, the what, phone. So what's the topic? Mainly like LRT or? It's everything. everything? So okay. And that, I will give this to uh, Andrew, to Mr. Knack, is that he does not shy away from criticism or making himself available. Yeah, and the tough topics. To, and, yeah, to, yeah, to talk. So I'm going to get as many questions in as possible. We'll start with LRT. We'll probably touch on school zones, the funicular, a gondola, and uh, boy, that's only half my list. That's, it's like yeah. the school zones. That's a that's a complicated one for sure. But you know the the LRT had Kim Crushell on earlier this week. Talking right when they met the when the Talus deadline came and went, and uh, they're so far behind. Imagine how frustrating it is for for councillors like like Andrew and yeah. and everybody because uh, I don't know. It just you put your faith into a company that they're going to have it done, and then. Uh, it's not done. So it's well, not entirely the city's fault. It's not entirely Talis's fault. Well, that's what I kind of like to get to the bottom of it. Because I know, and and as I say, Andrew never shies away from telling us the facts and or expressing his opinion. So I'd like to get both of those things yeah. today between 3 and 3.30. I'm, I know that they won't be able to speak in detail about uh, this uh, deadline coming and going on Tuesday or Monday, whenever it was, April, whenever May 1st was. Yeah. Because it's now going to go to litigation. So right. they won't be able to talk. So I know that going yeah. into this conversation, I'd like to go back farther than that. I'd like to go back to 2012 or so. Well, that's about when Kim Crushell was one of the yeah, spear leaders. Exactly. He said, "Look, we need to get, we need to expand our LRT," and it was kind of short-term thinking back mm-hmm. then. Let's think to ahead to the long term. And from what I understood from her was what's so frustrating is that they're trying to meld the old system with the new. Right. It's not like Ottawa's right now is putting in a uh, an LRT system, and they're going right off the bat. They're they're going big. They're going to go. 
they're, they're putting it up like Vancouver, up high. Which is what this signaling system was designed for, by the way. Right. Because that was the thing, with all the delays that happened, and we'll talk to Knack about this, but with all the delays that happened, there was this jaw-dropping announcement at the end of 2017 that the system that they purchased yep. um, that's not working and still isn't working fully was never designed for the LRT that that it's meant to, to uh, progress into. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't play well with the old system. Right. So, so how do you meld the two old? Right. So every everyone keeps talking about how do we fix this and what's it going to cost, but I'm sort of kind of more interested, to be honest with you, and we'll, we'll cover that. I'm kind of more interested, like I say, in going back historically and saying, yeah. how did this not come to the attention of anybody at the city right. that this wasn't going to work. I mean, wasn't there some signs, right? So, and, and uh, you have to forecast growth. You have to imagine there's people smarter than you and I who can forecast how what right. urban growth is going to look like. Yeah. And now, I mean, this this city is growing leaps and bounds. The recession's obviously just about over. But mm-hmm. if you go out to Anthony Henday when I drive home every night on the seventeenth on seventeenth, it's just massive construction my residential area yeah. going and they're going to need LRT out there as well so. well I always wonder about this and again like I say I, as many questions I, as I can get into Councillor Knack I will but there was the story about um, school zones all became playground zones and then suddenly the council decided that they had not defined what a school zone was properly. Because you need, you need, you need playground equipment in a right. school zone in, to be a playground zone. Right. right. So among the many uh, areas that they were going to have to take the signs down again was, for example, an industrial uh, park field where kids do tend to go play pickup baseball, but it's not by definition a school zone, and yet it right. became one, right? Yeah. And that conversation, I'm sure, is going to turn to, I know it will, in fact, um, Andrew Nack is big into uh, pedestrian crosswalks and intersections, and my research tells me that there's somewhere just under 700 intersections, just under 700 intersections in Edmonton yeah, right. right now that are deemed dangerous. Dangerous. 700 of them. 700. So where do you start? How do you figure out which is which are the worst ones? Well, there you go. There you go, right? And that's what I want to know because they've, uh, you know, I feel like this is sort of the pre-interview for Andrew Knack. You've got me fired up already. They've assigned $2 million per year for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing the math on that, saying at $200 per, or $2 million per year, and then divide that by the number of intersections that have to be fixed, my math says it'll be 29 years. Yeah. So my question is... We have to live with these dangerous yeah, we have intersections to, uh, that's for 30 so, years. Right. And assuming no other dangerous intersections pop up in the yeah, meantime. Right. Right. Yeah. And what's making them so dangerous? Uh, some of them are ridiculous. There's one that's a six-lane uh, road that has no crosswalk. There you go. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, yeah, right? And probably uh, uh, visibility. You can't see exactly. the corner. And, yeah. And another thing that would be interesting, I'd like to find out more, but we just touched on this on Global News this week. There was a transportation, it was a travel uh, survey that was done. Yes. That was 10 years ago. That's and, right. Know, it went, went over 10 years, and, they, and, and you know, they had the pie graph. Yeah. So you could just see I exactly what had changed. Over ten, and it years. turned out nothing. Nothing changed. to change. We love to drive in this town. Where you know the bike lanes and and taking the LRT and public transit hadn't changed so much, like by at by, all by a minuscule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was basically zero, down. right? Basically you, zero. Yeah. But we love to drive because we're 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 living in a in a city that's spread o- out over such a, a. Got that on the list as well, Gordon. Okay, good. Because we did talk about that on the afternoon news, and I often, uh, to be honest with you, kind of uh, a little bit uh, sort of rant about the city from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I often, that. yeah, I welcome <laughs> the opportunity though for the city to defend itself, right? Well, so for sure. But that's a that's another uh, area I want to talk to Nack about because. 
I know what the argument's going to be. And if he's listening now, I'll give him a little heads up. Yeah. He's going to say that it's a percentage, but the city has grown. So therefore, although the percentage hasn't changed, the number of passengers has because the city's gotten bigger, right? Right. Um, but the argument against that is, uh, if you look closely at the data, though, in the last two years, mm-hmm. so just the last two years, ridership on uh, public transit has declined. Right. So it's like, well, wait a second. Yeah. If you want to look at real numbers, it's gone down. If you want to look at percentages, and, it hasn't changed. And that's uh, the argument on, on that side is that the population is growing. Out. Ridership is, it's going out. Right. And ridership is going down. Exactly. So it's bizarre. But, I mean, look where we are geographically. We're not Vancouver. No. You can't, you know, you can't pedal a bike. Well, some people do, I know. But, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you, you just can't. I mean, so we had a reporter out, Kim Smith, was out in uh, over a two, uh, three-hour period. There was... You know, six people that had, had gone by. Right, it was a it was a rainy, yeah. cold. Well, April that's day. always my argument, Gord, because and we talked about this with regard to the gondola one day too. And I, I'm making these numbers up, but there was somebody who threw out a number from the city saying, "Hey, the gondola can carry like six thousand passengers." And right. I don't I don't know if that was per day, per minute, per. I, one, and they do I don't use know. it. Those, that kind of almost makes sense because they use that in the Swiss Alps. You could use that when it's well, minus thirty. Here's my question: um, Bike lanes could carry half a million. But is there half a million people who want to take bike lanes? So my question would not be what the capacity of the gondola is, but what's the interest in riding a gondola? Right. You know, because there's no point in having a gondola, an empty Nobody's gondola going back and forth, yeah. right? It's like the funicular, and add that to say. the list, yeah. right? Because I think the funicular, see, I'm venting now, but I think the funicular was originally designed um, to bring disabled... Yes, that's right. Uh, bikers yeah, and pedestrians. People, yeah. people who just don't can't take the, exactly. the stairs for whatever reason. From the top of the hill to the sure. bottom of the hill. Which is a beautiful thing. Sure, except it doesn't go to the bottom of the hill. No, there's that elevator. Right. Then you got to move uh, on a level platform. They'll get to the <laughs> elevator. Then you can get down to the river. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Which it didn't start at the same time as the funicular, because right. for yeah. whatever reason. Well, the elevator wasn't running when I was on it. but Right. But and exactly. Got, got and do you know what they say, Gord? Um measure twice, cut once. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shouldn't it go to the bottom if that was the point of the thing? To... Yeah, you shouldn't just finish it, get it, ha- oh, we only made it halfway, well, let's make an elevator. Yeah. Are you starting to see the theme of what the conversation might be I'm with Andrew? tuning in, yeah, I'll have headphones on while I'm typing up uh, oh. stories for five and six here. And, and to be honest with you, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm, you might hear it in my voice, I'm actually thrilled. Because, like I say, yeah. Andrew Knack is not your typical politician, which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Um, as Scott McKean is another one like that. I shouldn't start naming names because by apt, you know, if I don't name never somebody, come on here. Yeah. no, but they they tend to answer the question, yeah. which is nice. Well, that's good. They're right. honest. Yeah, yeah. They don't give you that political speak. Yeah, you know, that sort of circles you around. Yeah. You're if like the a Road, road Bridge uh, girders were bent, and they bought a bunch of bad steel from Quebec. They'll <laughs> yeah. they'll admit it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they were oh, bent. We, we yep. screwed up on that we one. Up yeah. On that one. I knew that was... Oh, I shouldn't say that, but I kind of figured when I heard where the contract went, because I have a background in the steel industry, right? and I sort of thought, well, good luck if that's not right, Yeah, coming over from uh, Korea or wherever it was coming from. Yeah, you're not well, we have so many steel mills in Canada. Well, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Three that I know of that could have produced uh, the steel for that. Yeah, but it must have been cheaper to get the, the bad steel over. It yeah. was. You know, I got a joke about that. I don't do it in my act very often, but mm-hmm. it's a true story about that. Do you want to hear it? Sure. All right, so... There's some. I'm taking a little artistic uh, license here a little bit with this, but this is somewhat true. So I used to work for Algoma Steel, right? That's right. how I know about steel. And I used to sell to Canada's national oil producer, which was PetroCanada, and I would constantly be bidding uh, on steel. And, you know, steel, when you do a contract, is like in the millions. We, you know, small fabricators, uh, they bid on 50 or 100,000 or 200,000 or half a million, like for a bridge. Right, so but depending a, on where you get it from, then you can save... 
Oh, absolutely. Huge, huge right. money. But when we bid on steel, it would be in the, you know, casing, oil filled casing is what I sold. Yeah. It would be in the millions as a minimum, right? So I would bid on this steel, and then they would phone me and have me come over for an award meeting. They called it an award meeting. Yeah. And I would go and sit in their boardroom in Calgary, and they would tell me that that they'd put it out to tender, that I was not the only bidder, and that I was high on price, right? Yeah. And so I would never get any business from them. So I'd, they would bid on steel constantly and never buy it. So I went literally months. And these things are not easy to do, these quotes. Like they're like a Yellow Pages phone book. You have well, to, for sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. they're huge, right? So and you there's can, a, a lot of competition. Everybody's tons. going after it, so they're going to pick the lowest. Of course. Yeah. And But the problem is steel pricing is regulated in Canada, so I can't lower the price. Right. So the price is the price. So you try and sell it other ways. Like, well, you know, we've got stock in NISQ or we can deliver yeah. it to this. But so did the Japanese and Germans and everybody else. So I went months without selling anything. And then uh, on my last day of employment at Algoma Steel, although I didn't know that morning that it was to be my last day of employment, <laughs> I, I, and I really did do this, I phoned Petro Canada and talked to their purchasing guy at the time. And uh, Ken Fee was his name. And uh, Keith Stevens was the vice president. I remember those two names. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is dumb that we're, we're doing this. I mean, it's an exercise in futility, right? Because you're always going to take the lowest price. So sure. how, about, how about this? I go, I still need to call on you because that's my job. So I'll take you all out to lunch today. So just, I don't know how many people work in the purchasing department, but I'll take you all out to lunch. So you're kind of whining and dining them a little bit. Yeah, I thought, you know what? And I said, we won't talk business. I said, we'll just get to know each other. But like does, I'm, does, that doesn't really matter, though, does it? Because nope. it's the bottom line is the price of... Right. You're going to pay for the steel. Sure. And as far but as I my... where you're coming from, I yeah. did the same thing. And my sales manager would be happy that I took yep. a bunch of people from Petrocano. So I just told him, like, get as many people as you want, and uh, I'll take them all out to lunch. So they phoned me back around 10-ish mm -hmm. and said that there was, like, 11 of them that wanted to go. And I had never met 11 people there, but I'd certainly seen those numbers around. So I rented a, a van, a 15... Wow, you went seat. all out. I did. Yeah. And I went and picked them up at... Um, Petrocan, right. and I drove them. Did you have a little microphone? You could no, no. You know what? And jokes. No, I was like very polite though. I was like, yeah. hey, everybody, get in, find your seat, and whatever. And uh, I drove them to a McDonald's drive-through, and and as we came up to the speaker, <laughs> the vice president looked at me and said, are you "We are not seriously eating yeah. here." And I said, "Well, I put it out to tender, and they were low price." Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Oh, I was. Oh man, that did not go well. That was the last day. That was it. I had a conversation with my manager, and uh, then I was no longer in the employ of Algoma Steel. You know, too bad it wasn't McHappy Day. You might have saved. Oh, you know what? There could have been a charitable aspect to it. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Did you work it at all? I didn't. No, I had another meeting I had to go mm. to, but John Sexsmith did. Yes. He looked far too happy. He looked so comfortable with the apron on, and uh, Aaron Chalmers was there too, but John just stole the, ch the show. He had the really? apron on, and he's not only flipping burgers, he's taking orders, and he's doing, he's <laughs> doing, <laughs> with telling little jokes. Headset, yeah. yeah, when people were coming on the little headset, and he's kind of take your order, and uh, yeah, <laughs> people quite See, I did the Tim Hortons him. camp day once. I've done that, yeah. Yeah, and I tried taking orders, and it changes your perspective on oh, that job. Have you tried? Yeah, I tried. That's actually why I didn't go. Because I screw things up. Oh, I couldn't I'm, figure I'm out the, the orders. At math and try to teach yeah. you how to use a cashier. And you got the people around you who know what they're doing. They're yeah. they're sliding orders in front of you. Yeah. And you don't even know. Like I'm just handing out the window, whatever's yeah. in front of me. I don't even know if that's the person who ordered. Well, I just take a twenty dollar bill for a cheeseburger or a McHappy yeah. meal and just say thanks for Call the donation. Call it a day. I can't make change. Yeah. No. Oh, geez. I'm I don't. A yeah. I have no code to put into the point of sale. No. Uh, we have to take a break before we're out of time. Let's take our first break and then we'll more with Gord Steinke.
right, the last few minutes with <laughs> our uh, good friend Gord Stanky from uh, Global Television. We're solving all the problems. We are. We've yeah. solved a great deal of the problems, and yeah. uh, we're going to pass on our suggestions to Andrew Knack after 3 o'clock, so that should be good. Good. Uh, did you know this? Today is National Paranormal Day. Oh, wow. I knew it was World Press Day. Yes, it is. You know, to, you Also know, a very important, but well, not... very important. A lot of journalists out there working yep. give their lives for the That's craft. That's right. And uh, lately uh, under fire by certain administrations. Hmm. But there anyway, what this paranormal... Parano it's a National Paranormal Day. Now, it's an American thing, but you know, oftentimes when there's a national whatever, like yeah. Pizza Day... It's, we all it's, embrace it. Yeah, we all embrace it. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's some stats for you. Four out of five people believe in ghosts. 45% uh, say they believe even though they've never actually seen one. And 35 say they believe uh, because they have actually seen one. 90% of people say they're scared of at least one paranormal phenomena. And 12% think the government knows way more about, about aliens. aliens and ghosts than yeah. it's telling us. And 4% think their own house is haunted. So on well, this uh, National Paranormal Day, Gordia. Do you have any ghosts? Well, you know, I'll just I'll weigh in on the government thing first, the conspiracy sure. theorists. Yeah. You know, uh, here's what I think about aliens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know you, you care deeply, but when, I do. And the government. I, here's what I, I've been hearing that for years, you know, with, with UFOs and, and the government's covering things up. What I think is there's no cover up. They don't know either. No, I'm sure so they don't. They, they can't talk about what they don't know about. I really don't. I really believe that. You, if so, there is no conspiracy. You're going to get, I, we're going to get our taxi lines going to blow up. Well, I, I don't believe in that when it comes to aliens. I believe people have seen what they think are UFOs. Mm. And I'm sure there's life out there. I've now, you've not been probed yourself or anything not, like that. No. Uh, not by an alien, no. <laughs> I've been under some intense questioning. Yeah, absolutely. Show. I see what you mean. Yeah, but anyway, uh, no. no. Uh, but yeah, that one I, I don't... Because I just think the government just works in such a... They're just not that... I don't know. Well, my problem they're, with... They're not that... Really, they're not that... It's like a big bureaucracy. Right. It's like a big, slow-moving machine. Of, yes. You know, with, you know that, with politics yeah. and stuff. There's nobody sitting there going like, hey, let's not tell them this. Well, they would, they'd exactly. They'd tell you if they could. But yeah. They, and see, that's, I always think know. that, too, that uh, most conspiracies, the... the uh, kill shot in most conspiracies is the fact that the conspiracy would have to have the cooperation of tens so, of thousands of people. Right, and people that are, you know, actually, yeah, that, that are, they, they give people more credit, I think, the politicians yeah. than they do. They got other things to worry about. You and know. doesn't every president, you would imagine, wouldn't you, that if sure you, went, you, would, if you yeah. became president, one of the first things you'd do yeah. is look into that. Well, especially with Trump. Didn't he, he just say... Didn't he say he was going to look into it? going to open up all the JFK files mm. and find the big conspiracy there, and they did. And nothing there. It was uh, Geraldo's uh, vault. Yeah, right. There was no Al Capone wine in there at all. But, do, you, uh, do you ever uh, think about that as a news guy? I know that goes back a while, but do you remember when Geraldo did that live show? Yeah, and that's back before. There was only three networks. There was that's right. any cable TV, so we all tuned in to watch it. Yeah, I, I watched it yeah. right till the end, and he was running out of uh, network time, right? That's right, and they, he left it right till the end. He was convinced that there was something... And there was absolutely nothing there. Yeah, just a bunch of dust. There wasn't even an old bottle. How do you recover from that from a, a media career perspective? Well, if you, you're... You know, here's how you do it. You go uh, you, you go work for Fox. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the best way to do it. And then you can do all kinds of conspiracy <laughs> theories. Yeah. You know, everything's... everything's he, he makes some outrageous claims sometimes that are just, uh, you would think, career-ending for most people, but they never are for him. Because do you remember uh, John Benny Ramsey? He said that he would do the story of John Benny Ramsey every day yep. until it was solved. Right. Well, of course, it's still not solved. It's never been solved. So there had to come a day where he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's, yeah. we're three years I, in now. And I, I think people like that, they, they just don't really have a conscience. They don't really, mm. this doesn't really keep him awake at night because he looks well rested. Yeah. <laughs> Seems guys, to be doing well. These yeah. guys, I don't think anything bothers him. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, I've never really, I've never seen a ghost. No. I, I've opened myself up for it. I love mm. reading ghost stories. Me too. I think a good ghost story is one of the best things to tell around a yeah. campfire. Absolutely. 
especially when the, your audience is about 10 to 12 years old yes. and you can scare the bejesus yeah, absolutely out of love it do that but, ne- but they've never touched you personally or anything never no and i've been in castles in england and yeah. scotland and ireland and and i said okay if this is going to happen this tonight's yeah. the night right and i even woke myself up a couple times at three o'clock laid there everybody else is nothing nothing eh no because i've stayed in a bunch of hotels that are notoriously haunted and uh you can't even get room service to come up let alone a ghost like yeah. there's just no activity and have you seen anything or no no heard some noises i can't explain yeah like a chain rattling and footsteps no no more like people coming home late at 4 a.m right can't explain where they were because right. i didn't get invited uh oh geez we're uh, pushing up against the clock it's as always it's gone too quickly Gordon. that was fast it was it always is are you back next week i'm back next week all right we'll do yep. it again then the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.